This is a story about control. My control. Control of what I say. Control of what I do. And this time, I'm going to do it my way. For those of you who are too young to recognize those opening lines, that's from Janet Jackson's song, Control. Not only is being called controlling or some version of that sentiment one of the most used gaslighting phrases I've heard, most people who experience chronic gaslighting have very little control. In today's episode, I'm going to unpack how the way I work with gaslighting helps my clients move into an energy of, you're damn right I'm controlling. I'm Sarah Morales, the host of this podcast, and if you missed it, you have one more day to get 50% off my Deconstructing Gaslighting Awareness video course by using the code SEASON2POD. The code expires February 1st. My course can be found on my website, sarahmoralescoaching.com. I'll have the link to the course and the coupon code in my show notes. This month, I've been talking about the ways that I work with gaslighting and how they're a bit different and new. I've explored how gaslighters can be both fully aware of what they're doing and unaware of what they're doing. And I've explained the components that have to be present in order for something to be a gaslighting experience. And so this week, I wanted to talk about how the focus that I have around gaslighting enables us to step into a much more empowered place when we are dealing with someone who is doing gaslighting behaviors, or if we've left the relationship, how we can take back what we've lost. And I was thinking that where we should start would be with understanding the impact of chronic gaslighting. So I go through this in that video course that I promoted just a minute ago, my deconstructing gaslighting awareness. And it's something that I call my scale of the progression of effects. And in it, what it reflects is the amount of time, how often, and the number of variety of ways a person experiences gaslighting causes them to go more and more up the scale. So for example, if you have one person who really only experiences one type of gaslighting and it's not very frequently, they're going to go up the scale, probably not to the fullest extent, and it's going to take them a while to progress through the different impacts or effects of gaslighting. Let's take someone who is experiencing gaslighting in a variety of ways multiple times a day they're going to move up that scale a lot faster and they will more likely than not end all the way at the end of the scale. So let's talk about that scale. The first place that we start on the gaslighting effect scale, the progression of effects is confusion. And again, I unpack this in my deconstructing gaslighting awareness video course, but for today's podcast, what it means is I'm confused about why I'm thinking the things that I am, why there might be the things happening in the relationship, confused about why somebody might be saying or doing something, just a lot of confusion all over the place, right? Like things don't line up. And so that's why you're confused, but you're not really doubting yourself yet. You're just confused. The more gaslighting happens, the more you move into doubting your own self. Well, maybe I'm not seeing it right. Maybe, maybe I'm at fault here. Maybe, right, like you're going to enter self-directed questions and self-directed doubt, not doubting the other person, doubting yourself, your own memory, your own perceptions, your own feelings, the validity of your feelings, et cetera. 
the more that happens, you're going to move into internal conflict or what we call cognitive dissonance. And what that is, is when you're put in a place where two opposing things that are equally important are in conflict with each other. So in this instance, when the instance of gaslighting, we're talking about when what I believe or feel or think or want in a situation is in conflict with maybe what my intimate partner thinks or wants or is saying is happening, etc. And when you're with somebody who's gaslighting, they're also doing the gaslighting behaviors that, that are trying to convince you to take on their perception, belief, feeling as their own, right? So here you have this conflict of, do I believe them, this person that I love, this person that I typically trust and abandon myself, or do I stay connected to myself and true to myself and what I know to be true and potentially lose this person? And so that's typically one of the biggest internal conflicts and cognitive dissonance that we experience in the context of gaslighting and chronic gaslighting. So a person can only stay in that place for so long before you have to choose one way or the other. For those, and it's, sorry, let me pause here and say it's not a conscious decision, right? It's typically a subconscious decision. We don't choose, well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to abandon myself. Like, No, we don't, we don't do that. It happens for a variety of reasons, but those who do end up choosing to go with what their gaslighter is saying again, for a variety of reasons, not blaming the victim here. There are reasons we do this. What happens is we are fighting to try to stay connected to ourself and yet we've chosen to also try to believe this other person. And so we just get worn out. We get overwhelmed and worn out. And what we eventually do, instead of trying to kind of prove that we're valid and prove that what we think is okay, we give in. We're so overwhelmed and worn out that we give in and we say, you know what? I must be wrong. I'm so tired of the fallout. I'm so tired of the silent treatment or whatever kinds of coercive behaviors there might be that we discard what we know to be true about us and we take on the other person's reality. And that's when loss of self happens. So all of this was to get us to how we end up in the large majority of us end up at some extent of loss of self. Now I have seen a whole range of people and their level of loss of self, everything from people who only had some things that they lost about themselves. And, you know, maybe it was, I used to be so confident and I was strong and successful. And now I just feel kind of insecure to, I've had people walk into my office who are so disconnected from themselves. They no longer were knowing what their favorite color was or what food they wanted to have for dinner tonight. They were just shut down and completely disconnected from themselves. And a large majority of the reason for that was because of the chronic gaslighting they were experiencing. So loss of self equals loss of knowing ourself, our values, our wants, our needs, a loss of trusting ourself. And that would be easiest to understand maybe in the context of being able to hold healthy boundaries, loss of loving ourself, loss of connection to ourself, our personality. That was one for me. I had lost connection to my humor. That is one of the things I love about myself. So there are a number of ways that we can experience loss of self. So let me ask you, does this sound like a person in control? <laughs> like, no, no, it's not, right? And yet we're gaslit and told that you're just trying to be controlling when you're trying to advocate for yourself. 
Now, here's where I'm going to bring in the old definitions versus my definition and this kind of new definition I'm trying to get out there. Old definitions, the main focus about gaslighting is the intent and the behavior of the gaslighter. The gaslighty is secondary. In my definition, the focus is equal. It's important to try to, maybe not the intent as much, but to recognize the behaviors of the gaslighter. Equally as important is what is happening in me and how do I avoid that, right? Like how do I protect myself from my vulnerabilities? How do I have boundaries for myself, right? So the, the focus is equal. In older definitions, it focuses on things that we can't be certain of. Again, this intention, we, we can't know for sure what is the intention of the person doing this behavior. We also can't be sure of their level of awareness, which is something it focuses on as well. My definition focuses on things we can know. We can know whether or not somebody is lying. We can know whether or not somebody is doing a manipulative or coercive behavior. And we can know the impact that that behavior is having on us. We can go back to that scale of the progression of effects, and we can know if we are experiencing things on that scale. So when we're talking about control, we're talking about authentic power. That's what being in control is all about. So I'm going to give you one of my very favorite analogies to demonstrate the difference between not being in a place of control or power and being in a place of control or power and how gaslighting kind of falls into that. So this is an analogy where you imagine you being in your car. It's your car. Your name's on the title. We're going to go through one scenario with two different experiences. One where the person you is gaslit and have no control and the other where you're not gaslit and you do have control. So imagine you're sitting in your car and another person gets in the car and they look at you and they say, are you ready to get going? And you're like, well, yeah, but um, you haven't put your seatbelt on. So I thought you weren't ready. Eh, no. First person says, I'm ready. I don't, I don't want to wear my seatbelt. So you say, well, I don't really feel comfortable driving unless you wear your seatbelt. So would you please put on your seatbelt? The other person says, stop trying to control me. You're not my mom. I'm an adult, damn it. And I can do as I please. Likely, we're going to shift here for a second and look at what's likely happening internally for you. Likely, your internal dialogue goes something like, well, I'm not trying to be controlling. I just want to obey the law and be safe. But they do have a point. They are an adult and I can't tell them what to do. And I definitely don't want to treat them like I'm their mom. So maybe they'll put on their seatbelt if I remind them it's the law. So you say, well, it's not my rule, it's the law. And I really don't want to break the law. So would you please put your seatbelt on? First person's eyes. Yeah, it might be the law. But did you know that there was this study that says that 10% of people who were in car accidents and were wearing their seatbelts got hurt more than they would have if they weren't wearing their seatbelts? And now people are trying to get that law reversed. So I don't think I should have to honor that law. And I don't think it's fair that you're trying to make me. Those are all gaslighting statements. Like there's so much gaslighting happening, right? More gaslighting. And in this past little paragraph, 
the focus was a half truth. The half truth being presented causes confusion and conflict between values for you. Internal dialogue would be something like, wow, I didn't know about that study or that people are trying to get the law reversed. Do I have the right? There's that self-doubt. Do I have the right to continue to ask them to wear their seatbelt? Am I really being unfair or unreasonable? Wait, 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 wait. If 10% were worse, that means 90% were better for wearing your seatbelt. Maybe if I point that out, they'll put their seatbelt on. So you say to them, I don't want to be unfair. I did notice it's only 10% that were worse off. So that must mean that 90% were less hurt because they were wearing your seatbelt, right? Like that's a much higher number and seems like a lesser risk. So would you please put on your seatbelt? visibly angry and voice now raising, the first person says, listen, I'm tired of you pushing back on me about this. There are so many reasons I don't want to put on my seatbelt. This effing thing rubs my neck raw every time I wear it. I can't believe you never noticed how big of a deal this is to me. So defeated, you give in and you start driving. That is an example of a person who, because of gaslighting, does not have any control. So let's look at what could happen when you're able to recognize gaslighting when it's happening and focus on how you feel, think, believe in that situation and see what kind of control you could have. So let's pick up that conversation where the person says, I'm ready. I don't want to wear my seatbelt. So again, you say, well, I don't feel comfortable driving unless you wear your seatbelt. So the original person again says, stop trying to control me. You're not my mom. I'm an adult, blah, blah, blah. But this time, because of the work that you would have done, right, on gaslighting, that attempt at gaslighting falls short. Because this time, instead of trying to figure out how to prove that wearing their seatbelt is the right thing to do to the other person, your internal dialogue goes something like, well, I don't like being called controlling or being told I'm being like their mom. And it's really hard to not defend myself right now and to defend my point of view. And while they're an adult and can do as they please, I still have the right to say what I will or won't allow in my car. It's my car. That's not controlling in a negative sense. That's having a boundary and standing by it. So this time instead, you would say something like, well, I hear that you're feeling like I'm being controlling and that you feel like I'm mothering you. That's not my intention. I still am going to ask you to put on your seatbelt before I start driving. This is a requirement I have for anyone to ride in my car. So I'm asking for you to respect that, even if it's not what you would do in your own car. Big dramatic sigh again. The explanation of, well, I think it's stupid requirement because the study, 10% people, blah, blah, blah. And again, what you would do, having the awareness that you would have, being in quote unquote control of yourself, you would say again, I hear that you don't agree with me. I'm not asking for you to agree with me. I'm asking for you to honor my request and requirement. So will you or won't you put on the seatbelt? Again, visibly angry and voice not raising because this other person isn't done trying to gaslight you. There's gaslighting attempts all over the place. Listen, I'm tired of you pushing back on me about this. There are so many reasons, blah, blah, blah. At this point, someone that is in control recognizes that this person is gaslighting and they either can't or won't listen to you and respect your boundary. And so you know it's time to end the conversation. 
So you would say something like, okay, I'm not going to push you about this. I'm not going to, if you don't want to put on your seatbelt, then, and then it actually comes from my deconstructing gaslighting webinar, the conversations webinar. In it, I talk about how you can choose your own adventure. Remember those books where you could, if you choose to open the door, turn to page 12. So you can choose your own adventure in a situation like this. Someone in control who recognizes the gaslighting that is happening and is able to check in with themselves and know themselves would be able to do this and say, you know what, if you don't want to put on your seatbelt, then you can one, get out of my car and find another way to get to the movies or wherever you're going. Or choose your adventure number two, you could say, if you don't want to put on your seatbelt, then I think I'm going to just go on my own. Please leave. Or choose your adventure number three. If you don't want to put on your seatbelt, then I think I've changed my mind. I'm just going to go for a walk. Right. This is an example. The second one is an example of being in control, in control of ourselves, control of our safety, control of our awareness, control of what we do and do not allow in our relationships. What allowed for this type of control in the second scenario was again, being able to recognize the gaslighting behaviors that were happening and not getting sucked into any of the gaslighting traps and staying in a place of authentic power, what you know to be true. So let's take this into our top takeaways. The first thing that I propose could be a top takeaway for you is the validation that could be said, you could say this to yourself, the more gaslighting I experience, the more I lose connection to myself. I am not alone in this. I do not need to feel any shame for this. This is what happens when you experience chronic gaslighting. The second top takeaway I believe you could have from this episode is reminding yourself of this. While it's important to recognize gaslighting behaviors when they're happening, the more important thing is to be aware of me, what I need for my safety, what am I thinking, feeling, needing, wanting, and what I am and I'm not okay with in any relationship that I have. And then number three, I propose that this mantra could shift things for you so dramatically. And that is when it comes to my well-being, you're damn right I'm controlling. In fact, it's my sacred self-responsibility. As I wrap up today, I wanted to let you know about my Deconstructing Gaslighting Conversations webinar. Again, that car scenario, it's played out a little bit differently, but I use it to help teach you my format for when you're having conversations with someone who continues to try to gaslight you. Here I take you through what I call my R2C2 process, which is resolve, connect, release, and confidence. And if you resonated with a lot of what I spoke about today, then this is for you and it's free. It's always free, right? It's my gift to you to help you have better, more empowered conversations. I'll have the link in the show notes. I encourage you to follow me on your preferred social media platform. I'm on Facebook and Instagram as Sarah Morales Coaching, and I'm on TikTok as Sassy Sarah Deconstructs. And again, I'll have the links in my show notes. Thank you, my listeners, so much for listening to today's episode. If you found it helpful and want to help me get it into the hands of some people who could benefit from it, please leave a review and subscribe 
super helps the algorithms. Additionally, if you can think of one person in particular who could benefit, please share it with them. And remember, you may have crashed and burned, been broken, hurt, but damn it, you're a phoenix and you're rising again. I think it's time we fly. And now phoenix. There's no flicker, there's no flame in you. Think we're playing a game here. You and I are the same and I need a chance to rise from the ashes. Everybody watching, everybody talking, better keep on walking by by. Cause I don't wanna fall for another lie. I think it's time to fly. Cause I crushed and burned and broken heart and laid there for a while. But now I Joke when I see smoke, it only makes me smile. You find me in the furnace, you'll find me in the flames. Cause baby, I'm a phoenix, and I'm rising again. i mm-hmm.